Hello everybody and welcome to another rendition of the Input Output Show. We're so happy to be here again, you know, talking fighting games as usual. You know, it's just, it's just amazing to be sitting there creating content on stuff that we enjoy and love doing. So we thank you guys for all the support that you've been giving us. Um, all those who watch the show. All those who watch the show and listen to the podcast as I, you know, get all my notifications on my two phones, you know, shout out to everybody with two phones. Uh, <laughs> we're joined once again, as always, by our co-host, Mr. Game and Lift and uh, Mr. MC Amazing. How you guys doing today? Yes, sir. Happy New Year to all of the fighting game enthusiasts around the world. Hey everybody, it's your boy MCE Amazing coming at you with another input output with Mr. Game and Lift and Rexon Max. What's going on, people? Happy New Year! Yeah, what, what what's happening, guys? How y'all doing? Yes, sir. Hopefully, a new year filled with some good fighting games. Yeah, yeah for real. Yeah, it's definitely the new year. So we we've survived 2020. We're in the 2021. So let's see what the gaming world will throw at us this time. We can go ahead and get right into the show. No guests this week, so no one to introduce. So our first question is, are hitbox controllers and, and controllers like them, are they the future for fighting games? Um, you know, we've had so many controllers coming out now and in that style and that format. Um, you know, I think there was a new Smash controller. What, um, Evan, what was that Smash controller called? You talking about the Smash Box? No, I don't think it was the Smash Box. It was, it was like the Smash 1G. You talking about the Frame One controller? Yes, the Frame One controller. That you have that controller that's coming out now. Uh, the cross-up box is coming out, and all these other things. So it's seeming like you know that's the that's the way. A lot of people still play pad. You know, I, there's people like Luffy. I know he was still one who uh, continued to play the uh, PS One pad um, all the way. I think he's even still playing it now. So um how are you guys feeling about that do you think controllers like the hitbox are the future that you know they'll be the way that gaming mostly leans or do you still think like um the regular pad or you know just the regular arcade stick will be um how we continue going with gaming so I'll give you guys his input on this and i'll be quiet go ahead Devin. all right so i think the controllers such as the hitbox are I think they are kind of going toward like what the future holds for like uh peripherals when it comes to fighting games um me personally however though i would like to see more um experimentation with like actual pad controllers uh this is something i had a thought for a while is having a controller instead of a d-pad because one of the issues with d-pad is like uh i know for xbox is well i think the older xbox and like 360 controllers the d-pad is like one full button so even though you have different directions you know, eight directions. Um, sometimes you press forward and you get down. And that's a lot of the problems with the input, uh, you know, execution errors. So if you had like a, a pad, like let's say something similar to like a mouse pad, like something that glides across this surface. So there's no like room for you pressing a button and getting something else. You just, your thumb is literally just doing the movement. I think something like that would be pretty cool. I actually saw a video about this. Um, a guy did some type of prototype for shooting games, and it was like a controller mouse pad type thing, and it looked really cool. Like, so the thumbsticks you control, like to aim, it was like a miniature mouse, like an optical mouse, and it had a pad on the right side. Um, so I think something like that is what I would like to see them like try to you know implement when it comes to like pads and stuff. But I do think things like the hitbox. 
um the smash box i saw the smash box and i was like this is a, a lot of buttons I, my only thing was like how you gonna how you gonna micromanage all these buttons i, I never tried one i haven't tried a hitbox yet um i definitely would like to because i feel like you know me being a pad player um i will say that sometimes execution errors is kind of really ruin the match for you and sometimes it's just like little arbitrary stuff like trying to do certain inputs um and i've heard you know from people to use a hitbox that it's like it's so much more convenient so much more um efficient once you learn how to use it properly um so i do think controllers in that in that sense that take away the um the room for execution errors are the future for fighting and that's what people want like you want things that allow you to do what you need to do when you need to do them without those you know extra mistakes so I do feel like the hitbox is in the the right direction for like the future of fighting game peripherals. So yeah, like um, I would say that uh, definitely hitbox is the um, present and future because um, like uh, I think it was um last year, I think it I think it had to have been like no, it was late late 2018 when I got a hitbox, and the reason um, I think I got a hitbox I think was because uh, what was it 2018? No, it was 2000. Had it been 2019, I guess. Um, yeah, it, it has been early 2000. Yeah, it was mid. Yeah, I got it in June 2019 because at Texas Showdown, I was playing um, with the pad. I was still playing with um, PS4 controller. And like Devin was saying, you know, you hit the forward and you get a down input. That is exactly what was happening to me um, when I was playing um, on pad. So the issue was, is that every once in a while, um, you know, I, I played Miguel, and in order to do some of Miguel's combos, you had to go into Savage Stance in the middle of your combo. So in order to go into Savage Stance, you hold the forward button after some of his moves. So I would hold the forward button, but I would get a phantom down input. So what would happen is I would, um, he was supposed to be going to Savage Stance, and he would just stand there. He would just, you know, stay in neutral stance. So then I'm supposed to be hitting, like, um, the 1-1 input to, like, you know, like, uh, tailspin somebody, and all I do is get two jabs and uh i'm sitting there trying to do this in front of my buddy josh um and he's teaching me to do the combo and he's like okay so what exactly is happening here i'm I'm doing the combo i'm doing the input i don't understand what's going on so i went into training mode and i realized i'm getting a phantom down input so that was the moment i realized i'm like i can't do this anymore i'm not gonna play on pad i got there's got to be something better than this so um after um i think it was after uh dream hack like like very soon after dream hack i got a hitbox and uh i was playing hitbox for um i mean at first it was really really not great because you know it was completely different control scheme very uh, extremely different from what i was used to i'm used to just using my thumbs i got to use like you know basically almost my whole hand to um play this time you know because i didn't play on stick or anything like that i've never really played on stick i just played pad so um yeah i was playing hitbox and then the more i got used to it the more i realized that i'm like okay this is more exact like the um i didn't do moves on accident all very often you know what i mean like there's sometimes where if i do a move on accident it's not because the um, directional thing was doing this or there was some weird thing going on. It's like, if I got the wrong move, it's because I did the wrong move. If I get the right move, it's because I did the right move. Like, you know, I know the results speak for themselves when I'm using a hitbox. So, I, I, I mean, I would say that, yeah, definitely hitbox um, controllers are the future. And uh, I hope they become more mainstream because uh, apparently some people don't approve 
but you know, uh, all progress is initially, you know, kind of, you know, uh, shied away from at the beginning. So, yes, TVFGC did uh, like a little short interview documentary, whatever you want to call it, on Hitbox that you know, Amazing was actually a part of. And, um, you know, when I first saw Hitbox, you know, I was looking at it like it was some type of alien technology. Like, why, why, how are you playing a fighting game with no directions? Like, that's just a bunch of buttons. What are you doing? Like, you know, won't you stay with what's, what's already good? You know, stick with the program. But, you know, instead of just being like that, I, I researched more into it and, you know, got a hold of people who were actually playing it and got their opinions on it and stuff like that and was actually seeing the benefits of you know switching over to hitbox and stuff like that and especially when um shout out sv pineapples um he told um about how he had you know uh problems with his hands and how playing on pad and stuff like that would really uh hurt his hands but switching over to hitbox was something that was really really good so he could continue playing fighting games because you know um in game in the day there's people who are having career ending injuries with their hands and things like that so um just the fact that hitbox has that going on um that they're able to you know help people with like even disabilities and stuff like that let you know like the forward progress that we're having with these controllers, you know, and and just hopefully we can get more stuff like that in in every area of gaming. So, I mean, I'm I'm for it, you know. Uh, I'm, I kind of try not to be in the mindset of like, ew, that's not the normal, so it's cheating. You know, like, ew, they have so many different ways they can do things, so it's not right. You know, it's just like, hey, what's available to you is available to everybody. It's not like we're just, it's only a certain group of people that got the hitbox, whether you feel like it's cheating or not. So, you know, I, I actually like it. I, I really think it's a good thing, you know, some progression and advancement in the scene. So does anybody else have anything they want to say on that? Well, if you look at it, a lot of people used to use keyboards for fighting games. So it's like, are keyboard, keyboards cheating? <laughs> like, and that I guess you could look at it as saying that that was something that was kind of a, uh, a stepping stone for the hitbox. Of course it was. Um, I think a lot of Melty Blood players are like people like play those obscure fighting games. They use keyboard, so I mean it's pretty much the same kind of the same concept almost as a hitbox, just you know with you know got keys as opposed to actual buttons. But I mean I'm I'm welcome to the change of things. I've always wanted to try one, and it's kind of the same argument with the arcade stick. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure you've all heard it sometimes. I've heard it myself personally. I'll be playing with arcade stick, and somebody come by, oh man, you got one on arcade stick? Oh well, I know you good. I know you probably be there, but it's like. Again, it maybe it's be some people that are casual, but some people feel like, oh, you got an arcade stick, so that's obviously um, superior to a pad. But it's like it's not necessarily the case. It's all preference, you know. Um, it's preference, and it's also um, eliminating like the the room for error. So I think if we can find that good median of giving people like you know preferences that they prefer, and also reducing those input errors, and I think that'll definitely be the, the good step a good direction for uh, the FGC in terms of like controls and stuff. And I think the hitbox is a, is a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and, and like I said, in every area, hopefully we can continue to progress. Cause a lot of people just don't take, you know, like gaming serious. Like, you know, like, man, y'all just playing games. Like what advancements y'all need? Like y'all really making gaming chairs really? Like if your back hurts, stop playing the game, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> You know, I, I'm just glad that we're, like, we have people in the industry that are willing to take this serious and advance the technology and the ergonomics of the things that we 
um, use to play games, you know, from the headphones to the chairs to the controllers to all that, you know. We take the craft serious enough, so we need advancements like that in the scene. So we can go on to our next topic. Are huge rosters or a, a, a large cast of characters necessary in today's time with fighting games? We're getting to a point now to where, you know, Get to Get Strive is about to come out and it only has like 15 characters. And we, we're seeing some people online who feel like that's not enough. You know, like only 15 characters, it, that's very, very a, a depleted roster, you know, uh, they would feel. And it seems like, yeah, we can get kind of spoiled with that because, you know, how many characters does Street Fighter Five have in it now? Like 40-something, 50-something? Like 41 or 42, I believe. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so it's, it's like 40-something characters in Street Fighter. Um, we even got to talk about Smash. <laughs> so, you know. Mugen. Yeah, so, you know, it's it's a it's a lot of... Um, we getting games now that have very, very large rosters to the point that what some people think, I mean, if you only have, like, 15, I mean, come on, you, you're lacking in your uh, roster to start off the game. So how do you guys feel about this? Do you feel like um, in today's time we need... <laughs> Uh, 15, I mean, a large variety of characters in a game when um it's released. Take it to you, Devin. Okay, um, I'll put it like this. I, I think today's age, um, 15 to 20 is like maybe a standard, I feel. And if we look at like fighting games throughout the years, like the decades, has there ever really been many games that were like, had like huge rosters? I mean, Street Fighter 2 originally started with like, what, eight characters? And of course, I'm not including like Marvel's Capcom 2. I mean, that was a, a versus game. They had a million characters in there. Um, <clears throat> Tekken 3 maybe had about 15 to 20 characters total, even with all the unlockable characters. Alpha 3. Alpha 3, I think, had like 20 plus, if I'm not mistaken. Then they had about 20 or so. Um, Third Strike, maybe around 20, 18 to 20, I guess. <clears throat> so honestly, if you look at it, that's kind of like an average number for most fighting games. Um, I do think, though, that maybe you can maybe up it a bit, maybe 20 to 25. Um, I will say again, as we talked about before, um, last week the culprit was Grand Blue. What they're doing is like they gave us about, what, 10 to 12, somewhere in that ballpark, and it's like they already got season passes. So it's like at least give us enough to sink our teeth into. Um I kind of miss unlockable characters as well. Like nowadays, we, we kind of get it, but it's kind of watered down. Like uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, um, which is actually a game that has a bigger roster, but again, most of that's DLC though. Um, they have characters you can unlock: uh, Vegeta Blue and uh, Goku Blue, but you can also buy them. You can also unlock Android uh, Twenty One, but you can buy her as well. I just feel like give me like twenty twenty five. I think that'll be that'll be fine. But at the same time, I guess you have to look at it like these different characters that they uh, develop and program. It's like they all have different play styles. So maybe they have to take into consideration like, okay, this character is kind of unique. It's a lot going on with this character. So maybe we have to cut the roster a bit to like accommodate for this character's play style and how long it took to like make everything work with this character. So I don't know. I'm not a character designer or developer, but that's just me thinking. Um, so yeah, I, I think maybe 2025 could be a solid number just to give you you feel like okay I, I got a decent amount of characters off the bat because we know this day and age nothing but DLC so you know it's going to come at some point DLC is coming so give me something off the bat and then I'll feel I'll feel a little more comfortable about spending some money on characters 
But if you give me like 15 characters and then I have to buy 15, 20 more, I'm like, okay, just give me something from the beginning, you know? Um, as far as like um, having like uh, 15 characters, at the, especially, all right, specifically in terms of like Guilty Gear Strive, I think um, some of the um, issues that people have, um, especially with uh, Guilty Gear, is that there are so many characters that are already in the, in the canon that are part of... Um, that are part of like the Guilty Gear story that aren't in the game that it's like, well, why are we launching with like, you know, only 15 characters when there's like all these other characters that have already been in past games that have like, you know, like that don't like that you're not putting in the game this time. It doesn't make any sense. That's and uh, yeah, it's, it's like the same thing with like Tekken. It's like all the, so we have new characters. We have Katarina. We had, um, you know, Gigas, who was ba- I, it was kind of like Marduk, except not. Um, you know, like we have like Josie, who's kind of like Bruce, except not. You know, but whatever, right? We have all these characters in the game that are new. You know, with like some of the old characters, and then you want to try to resell me characters from older games. Like you want to resell me characters from Tekken Seven and Tekken Tag Two and stuff like that. You know, I mean. In Tekken Tag 2, were there any DLC characters? I mean... I don't think so. I don't think... Yeah, I feel like all the characters just kind of came bundled into the game. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to sell me new characters, like if there's a new character that's never been seen before, okay, fine. I, I understand. Go ahead and sell me that character. I may or may not buy them. But for you to sell me a character that's been in old games, that doesn't sit that well with me because... In Guilty Gear, we have all these characters that we've announced, all these characters they just announced on Gmito. People are waiting for that. But, I mean, like, what about, like, Zappa and, like, Testament and stuff, you know? Like, if Testament, Zappa, and, like, um, I don't know, like, Justice were in the next, like, next DLC, it'd be like, oh, man, all these characters are so awesome. But then, like, for everybody who's already played the game, like, these characters are old! All right, and that, you know, so... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think it's more about like, in my opinion, it's not necessarily about how many characters it is. It's about you taking old characters that should be in the base game and then selling it to me later. So yeah, that's how I feel about that. Yeah, I remember when Street Fighter Five came out and the game released, and you know, I just you know walk in with my you know average self, you know, not gonna pick up a controller because people like Devin exist. And you know, just looking at the roster, and I'm like, "Where's Sagat? Like, this is this is Street Fighter, and there's no Sagat. Where's Sagat?" Exactly. And then next thing you know, you look, and it's like, "Where's Akuma? Like, there's a Street Fighter, and there's no Akuma in it." So when when we go get him, like, oh, it'll probably be later, and like, so I gotta buy Akuma separately in Street Fighter. It just it it just didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, why? What? Like, you might as well just say this is another Street Fighter in another universe or something. Like, it's just an alternate timeline or something. Like, you know, (laughs) Street Fighter, if, you know, Ken Ryu and Akuma and them didn't exist. It's just a whole other Street Fighter. So, that never sat right with me. So, I I get what you're saying on that, E. But just with the overall, just talking about count in general, like, I agree with Devin. Like, if you're going to give me, like, 15 characters, okay, cool. But towards the end of the life of your game, if I'm buying like 15 and 20 characters separately, I feel like I've been had. I feel like, yep. you know, you, you just felt like you just knew you were going to do this in the beginning because 
these are the times like we can just do that and you know they'll go with it i'm like look man like first like have the characters in the game that we recognize your game from and then also like you know just if you're gonna like if it's gonna be 30 characters by the end of the game man just give us 20 at launch you know make make it less dlc less and not equal or more you know like it I, I just feel like that's how it should be done so as far as like is 15 like lacking i mean i wouldn't necessarily say that i mean you know yes yeah, it's, it's it's lower in comparison but i mean if if that's just your game is is not like you just don't have that many characters in it and stuff like that if you launch it with like 15 and by the end of it it's going to be like 2025 i don't i don't see anything wrong with that i mean if the store is good the gameplay is great and all that other stuff i mean i, I don't see any problem with it so it's just don't just don't make me feel like you just robbed me though by the end of it you know like you just like as we paid you the 60 for the game you still had like you still had your hand you know in my wallet while i'm already handing you money you know <laughs> so you know that's that's just my opinion on it so anybody have anything else yeah they they that's one of the things like sometimes it's it's cool how you do it. you gotta do it right though like if you have an older character that's returning as he's not part of the original story or the original cast for whatever reason, if you release it right, it can be cool. But if you just like, oh well, you know, like Sagat, I think I think Sagat's release was kind of cool how they did it, um, bringing him out with the tiger and stuff. I'm like, okay, this I was actually hyped. The music was hype. Um, Akuma, I wasn't as hyped for Akuma because I didn't like his new look. I didn't like the whole Mufasa thing he had going on. Um. But yeah, just it just depends on how you do it. Like with Soul Calibur Five, I think um, Killick is my probably my favorite character in Soul Calibur. Um, and but besides Zazamil, and they brought him in in Five as the Edge Master. Yeah, I which story wise makes sense because Edge Master was his master. That's who taught him how to use uh, the bow staff. But the only thing I didn't like about it is the fact that Killick is now the new Edge Master gameplay wise. So that means he. But only for the male characters, he he could be randomly any male fighting style. I just, I, it made sense story wise and looked cool with his new outfit. But I just didn't like it because I, I missed the old killer. Even though he still had the bow, um, he still had the bow variation. But of course, it was random. And his I guess his protege album was um, yeah, like Chiba. Chiba, yeah, and Chiba was cool. Um, I think he had enough of his own flair that he wasn't too similar to Killick, but you just have to do it in a certain way. Like if you bring older characters back, you got to give them like a bang. You got to give them an entrance. Like just don't be like, hey man, Street Fighter 6, reunited in it. Like, he's DLC and he come in with like a, a button up shirt and some slacks. Like I'm here guys. <laughs> like you got to make it make sense. Like, oh, he was off in the Mount Everest training and he got like a beard now. He didn't, he's learned like what Goken mastered the, the art of nothingness. Like, you gotta do something like that if you're gonna bring an older character back that's not in the original roster. You can't you can't bring you can't have Ken not being Street Fighter Six at, at lunch, and then he he's DLC. He come in with like a Burger King shirt. I'm like, yeah, man, times is hard, man. Show you repper, man. Or show you repper this whopper, man. So this got to make it. You got to give him a bang, man. So Ryu shows up with a button up and some slacks. Yeah, man. And Ken's like, man, they only hire me because I can do firepower, so I can grill the burgers fast, man. You know? I mean, that'd be sad. Wasn't Ken already rich? That'd be sad. Like he just had to, 
just all that somehow <laughs> failed, and now he's yeah. you know those, those taxes are crazy, man. There, there is uh, that was a Street Fighter lore somebody did where like Gal was like just at a bar, like he had just got out of shape, had a beer good, and like just didn't care about life anymore. I was like, that'd be interesting to see something like that. And then he rebranded himself as Bob from Tekken, and that's the story now. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, he could have at least took his own advice and been a family man. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he went home, instead of being a family man, he went home and ate a family meal. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can, <laughs> we can go ahead and go to the next topic. So, the next... <laughs> Bro, I can literally see this man just like you becoming the new mascot of Burger King, like... Like our our burgers are definitely charboard this time with Ken Masters here on the grill. Every one of your burgers are are particularly sure you rep with to make sure that they get that amazing sizzle that you need on your burger. Straight off the flame fist. Our whoppers keep their sure you reputation with these new flavors. <laughs> you just see Ken Tatsumaki through the back laying patties on uh, buns. So our next topic is are comeback mechanics necessary? So we 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 hear a lot of people, you know, have issues with, you know, you've you've been bodying somebody a whole match. I mean, you know, they're basically just I mean, it's a free wash basically, you know, just a straight up free match. And then next thing you know, they pull out of well, not out of nowhere, but they just pull out of their repertoire a comeback mechanic that just steals the match back from you as you know a uh, cool kid told us v trigger five is what he calls <laughs> street yeah. what he calls street fighter and you know there, there are plenty of other games that have you know comeback mechanics in them to where you know they they try to make them for i don't know if they necessarily um made them for like new coming players and stuff like that to just feel like they'll have something to even out the odds for getting embodied and stuff like that but you know a lot of people have problems with them you know hey if, if you're just getting you know because back uh back in like older games i think Devin said this once before on the show like supers were really started int- being introduced in fighting games because of street fighter like if you look at old uh mk games they didn't have supers you know you had the fatalities but they didn't have like supers or comeback mechanics mid-match uh tekken didn't have that soul caliber didn't have that but now they have these things you know street fighter was the one that kind of paved the way for that so how do you guys feel about comeback mechanics do you feel like they should be implemented in games do you feel like they're unnecessary uh starting off with you Devin? i think comeback mechanics are interesting i'm always down for seeing like what type of new mechanic um a fighting game can bring to the table i don't know if they're necessarily needed i'm gonna say no matter if i'm gonna say they're not they're not needed but in the day and age that we're in, they bring like the back and forth and the excitement. Take for example, NBA Street, Game Breakers. Game Breakers could get you like three to five points and they were flashing. He's the oldest man, he, he barrel rolled off this dude's head and he did a moonwalk on this guy's ears and then jumped off of his nose and he did a backflip off the rim and he dunked it and he got 10 points for it. It's like that high octane, like crazy in your face move which can turn the tide of the match is what people want to see. I feel like if, even if it's like a, um, a actual match or event or something like that, um, you know, somebody comes down. I, I, I kind of relate it to like a three-pointer. You get somebody like Steph Curry come down and he hit a three-pointer from like half court, you know, which is 
everybody can hit three pointers, but it's almost like to him, it's like a special ability. It's like, oh, my, I got my V trigger, three pointers from like half court. So now he's turned the tide of the game literally just from this three pointer. Could have been, they could have been down. It could have been a buzzer beater. He's like, oh, V trigger, game. You know, so I feel like, um, it can be implemented in a certain way, like Street Fighter 4, for example. Street Fighter 4 has supers, which you got super from getting hit and hitting, right? They they introduced the ultras, though. The ultras, only you only gain ultra by getting hit. So it's like they're giving you an opportunity to get this big blast of damage in from taking damage um, if you get the hit, that is. Or or if you're Elena and you just get your health back, you can, you know, do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't I don't think they're needed. But it's just the the sight of it. it's just like that always oh, something flashy for the players to see. Um, even for cat, I think for casual people, it's more so not the fact that it's going to give them an equal playing field because it looks cool. And I mean, at the at the end of the day, a lot of time with video games, you need things that look cool to get people to buy them. And outside of the hardcore people that just like they're they want to learn the game, the mechanics, the people that are not into it as hardcore, they want to see something cool. So I think from this this point on, supers and stuff like this, combat mechanics are going to be something that are going to be in fighting games forever. Because like uh, Octavian just said, when I mentioned about like most games didn't have them, DOA didn't have a, a super. Now they have, I forgot what it's called, like a blowback or something like that. So just about every fighting game now has some type of super comeback-esque mechanic. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. And I feel like every new fighting game that comes out is going to have the same thing, going to follow the same um, criteria, the same pattern. Um, and again, like I said, it's just because it's cool. It's not because necessarily, oh, well, this gives you the upper hand. It might it might have that that in a sense, but it's because it looks cool. You get people on the big stage. Let's say we got people, I don't know, in the State Farm Arena Center watching this game. If you got just somebody playing footsies and just fundamental fighting, they're going to be like, oh, this is boring. I don't want to go to sleep. But you see somebody, they start sparkling red and drinking Kool-Aid and, like, powering up. They're like, oh, snap, what's going on? Like, it's about to get lit in here. Yeah, it's like watching boxing without the knockouts. Exactly. It it brings more excitement. So, like, to me, like, to somebody like me, I love watching footsies. I love watching people vie for space and try to, you know, make the right decisions. To me, that's hype. But for most of the average person, like, what are they doing? Why are they moving in such a manner? Why are they not doing anything? There's nobody throwing out a button. It's like, because they're mentally playing, but they don't see that. So they need to see the visual. They need to see all oh, he, that dude, fist turned to fire, and he punched that man, his head flew across the screen. That's what they need to see. So that's how you get sales as well. So I don't think we need them, but I, they're not going nowhere. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Like, <sighs> like they're definitely not going anywhere. And um, personally, I actually despise uh, comeback mechanics. Um, specifically in two in two situations. One, I don't like the rage arts in Tekken Seven. Never have. I'm not even sure even right now, as I say this to you, that I'm too approving of the whole rage system in the first place. You know, it's like, oh man, I'm getting my I'm getting beaten up. Oh, now I'm so mad, and now my damage goes up and everything because I'm about to lose. It's like, oh man, come on, dude. Did we really need this? Not really. It's not like. Even in like Soul Calibur Six, they have the guts system, you know, where like if your health goes below that little line at the end, you know, you take a little bit less damage from um, moves and stuff like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, I guess, but did we need that? Not really. But like Devin was saying, yeah, it's real flashy. That some of that stuff is real flashy. Rage arts are really pretty to look at, you know. 
I mean, at the very least, can we take rage arts out the game and just use rage drives? Like, why are we? Why is that in the game? It's like a, it's a move that you didn't even have to work for. You just got beaten up the whole match. And then at the end, somebody throws a punch at you, and then you go, oh, you know what? Now I'm armored, and I take less damage. And so that little jab you did, now you're getting punished for it. Now you are now you just lost, like, what, like half your health or something like that. Sometimes, depending on whether or not it's a counter, it can do more damage, and you end up losing a truckload of health just because you got a jab at somebody who was ready to play out. And I was like, shit! No, man. I, man, <laughs> I hate it. And comeback mechanics are not necessary they really are that and it's sometimes i forget they're in the game i don't know if that's um necessarily subconsciously or through my own like mental gymnastics but uh, i forget that they're in the game so just take them out you know it's a it's a lot of thoughts that come into mind when this question is asked like the biggest thing that hops out in front of me is is it fair um you know, there's there's a lot of things in games to where you can end up losing a lot of damage. Like for example, like um, you know, stun. Like like uh, in certain games, if you just keep getting beat to sleep, like constantly, and you're not doing anything to like stop yourself from getting train wrecked, like eventually you get hit with stun. So it's like, okay, I can understand that. I've I've been sitting here just like taking damage, didn't do nothing, didn't take a risk, did nothing. Like okay, I I get it. You know, there's other games where if you block so much, you know, your uh, your guard breaks and then you leave yourself open in. It's like, okay, I, I get it. I, I blocked a lot and stuff like that. You know, whiff punishes. Like, okay, I threw that out. He counted me with a heavy. Some big damage is finna come. Okay, I get it. Like, I understand. But with ultra, is with, with comeback mechanics, it's just like, is that fair? Like, I've deboed this dude the whole match. I did what I was supposed to do. And then next thing you know, like, you know, I, you know, he, he gets lucky and he throws out a whip. I throw out, I whiff something. And then next thing you know, I get hit with an ultra and the match is over. Is that fair? Like, I, I, would, no. like, I, I, I would have understood if, like, I whiff something and then he hits me with a combo. But I, this happened to me because I beat him up. And we're playing a fighting game. No. You know, so. <laughs> so, it's like, you just think, like, is that fair? Is it really fair? And it's like, it's hard to say that's fair because, you know, it's like this happened to me because I beat him up, not because, you know, I I did something wrong. I blocked too much. You know, I let him like train wreck me the whole match. I was the one doing the train wrecking. Like, you know, this is what you made the game for. This this is what this is why you're here. This is what you came to see. Exactly. You know? and, and it's like I'm finna lose because I did my job. You know, it's like being at work. And you're not like, next day, just because you got employee of the month, the next day they're like, you know what, man, you fired. Like you, you just, fired, you just man. did you so, did well. you did so great last month, man. You're fired. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it just makes you think like that. So, but also at the same time, you have to think like, you know, they are flashy. They will help them sell their games. You know, that will get, that will get new people in the door and stuff like that. Um, and get people interested and bring more stuff to your scene so you get it. But also, th I think at the same time, like, you know, a lot of times when you're watching, like, let's just say it's two players who are, like, you know, um, the highest level, like two high-level players, and they're coming back and forth. They're, they're fighting back and forth. is going and stuff like that. Sometimes it is great to just know that they have, like, something, you know, uh, up their sleeve that they can do to, like, you know, 
because a lot of times we see a lot of pro players they they'll they'll be down and losing and then they'll have this tool in their repertoire that they can use now and they know how they use it efficiently to come back and take the match and stuff like that you're just like man that's like i can see how he did that to earn that like that that was pretty dope he used that in a great way but a lot of other times it's just like man this dude just like like this dude just like got his little you know five hits on me within the match got a raging demon off and now i'm dead you know it's so or especially if you got hit with like a zangief special like so <laughs> like just like absurd dumb damage so you know that's that's my take on it like, it's, it just makes me think, is this really fair is it fair but i mean you know it's like Devin said it's, it's gonna be in the game you know you, you couldn't go back now like street fighter without specials you know it's just you can't go back now and a lot of people have already boarded their train like we said other games so it, there's no going back now so uh anything anybody else has to say yeah, get rid of comeback mechanics <laughs> Piggybacking on what he said about uh, he threw his friend off the stage. Hey, that could be another another discussion in itself. Should should uh, fighting games have a ring out stages? Because if you think about it, <laughs> that that's salt. That's some salt. You playing against secret and you make the wrong misstep, and then he just flip you over the stage and you took no life off him. You like, bro, really? A virtual fighter. I remember virtual. I playing virtual fighter and I actually wrung myself out by blocking. I'm like. <laughs> okay, this I I don't know how that works, but it's like I think in Virtual Fighter when you when you block this like they dodged it, and if you moving and dodge and you're at the edge, you fall off. I'm like, bruh, I run out because I dodged. Okay, all right, cool. So I guess it's just like I guess as part of the the game, you have to learn movement and like how to maneuver the stage. So I I get it, but I mean you don't have ring outs in Tekken. Like Tekken has the you know stage transition so but yeah in terms of the comeback mechanics i don't know man. I, I feel like um like i said they're not going anywhere and I, I i just don't think that um to me i don't think they're needed but i don't think there's gonna be a game that comes back and um that doesn't have them but i had a thought when y'all were talking like what if actual when you were talking about but i beat you up though this happened because i beat you up what if real life was like that you watching you beat somebody just got punched <laughs> out they laying on the ground and you still see they start glowing. He's like, hey, what's, what's up with that dude? He just get up and you uh, like, no, I beat you. Yo, that that actually happened, man. <laughs> that that happened in the last dragon. You guys remember that? With Bruce Leroy when he was getting beaten by Show uh, uh, Shonuff, and then he like starts glowing and everything. He's like, I, I'm the master. Well, like let's say a boxing match, you knock the dude out, he got cold, but his homeboys come in and like tag in like four one like wait i be i won the match <laughs> no we are part of the, we are his teammates his, his friends so you gotta fight us now but I, I won against him he the boxer and i know we his friends so you gotta fight four of us at once come on man that would be hilarious if i saw like some ultra stuff in real life somebody fighting dude just pull out an ultra i'm like hey man i'm as i'm dialing 911 to get this fella some help i'm like that was pretty cool man. <laughs> that was he did that man did a met to a dope and i didn't think that was realistically possible but he somehow figured out to do it so our next topic is so an interesting question came up online and someone said what if the fgc was ran like uh pro wrestling you know and it was an interesting question because you know pro wrestling they they really know how to promote their product you know um 
for matches, you know, things that they already have pre-planned. They do wild promotion for promo packets. Uh, you know, they have interactions between the people leading up to their big match and things like that. They have title belts and stuff on the line. And uh, Poke Chop actually came on the show and he actually uh, brought up an idea, but he used the UFC um, as a way to describe it. So uh, one thing I, we probably wouldn't have in matches, you know, predetermined outcomes, you know, like set up the match, but, you know, let the skill determine who wins. So um, how do you guys feel about that? Do you think having pro, uh, pro wrestling type style to the FGC would really be good with it? I mean, it. I mean, it, it, it would be great to have like promo packets and things like that. This high quality production and just storylines and stuff within the FGC. So starting with you, Devin, uh, how do you feel about this, Mr. Game and Lift? I think something like that actually, um, again, like Poke Chop had mentioned, I, I do think that would really um, be good in terms of like the eyes and the visibility that it would put on the FGC. Um, and I think for the most part, it would be positive, um, positive visibility. Um, having some type of rivalry, maybe, or something like that, a lot of camaraderie and, and flash and stuff. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah, you said like no predetermined, of course, that, you know, we couldn't, that it just wouldn't feel right having something like that with the, you know, the fighting game community. You, you know, you got to let the, the skill and the, and the level of play speak for itself. But yeah, having some type of, you know, you know, like kind of theatrics for it, I think that'd be dope. Um, some type of arena, some storylines, maybe just like now the storylines can be made up, obviously. Like you have somebody versus, I don't know, you take who could I, who could I put pit together uh to fight each other? Daigo and and, and Justin Wong. They've had a uh this kind of rivalry for such a long time for being two of like the you know greatest fighting game players of all time their whole, you know, bout and Street Fighter 4 in that era, the third strike thing, have some type of thing maybe centered around uh, Evo Moment 37 where they have, like, this legendary rematch and, and Justin's like, man, I'm going to get my revenge for you pairing my whole super and then put me out there on blast like that, man. I don't appreciate that, Daigo. You know, something like that. that that'd be kind of cool. So I do think in terms of marketing, it, it could possibly be something that would put more light on the FGC in a good way. Um and be entertaining, you know. Um, it will it will be kind of. I don't I don't really think I've seen anything like that before when it comes to gaming, like some type of very theatrical, like story driven type thing, like promotion with video games that I can think of. And if we were to do that, I think the FUT will probably be the first one to implement that. So I, I think that'd be cool, you know. Let, let let me see the run back between Justin Wong and Daigo, some type of, you know, evil moment thirty seven. You know, have them. Somebody come on there with some crazy outfits and some crazy voice, man. You going down, Dago? I'm going to take you down, man. You won't parry you this time, man. I got you, man. I'm going to whiff punish everything you throw out, man. They call me the whiff punish master, man. I travel to the tops of Mount Everest to learn from whiff punish master Wu. So you ain't with you ain't gonna get nothing from me. <laughs> so, I definitely I heard whiff punish master Wu be teaching you how to throw them hands, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, we'll punish Master Wu, man. So, yeah, I, I think it would be something fun and something definitely um, just fresh and refresh, like a refreshing thing for like terms of like visibility on the FGC. So, that's my take on that. Uh, I think, um, yeah, having like a, a pro wrestling kind of um, 
vibe to uh, the FGC. I think that would be fantastic, actually. Um, I've always kind of sort of wanted it to go that direction in the first place. Um, one, whenever I'm doing commentary for uh, just for about any fighting game I've uh, commentated for with Soul Calibur or Grand Blue or what have you, um, I, I like to commentate it like, you know, like I'm a pro wrestling commentator. Uh, in terms of commentary, I mean, I know there are a lot of really good commentators out there right now, um, you know, like Tasty Steve and what have you, but I think like the the commentators that I always like think of when I think, all right, these are like the greatest commentary team of all time is um, from from pro wrestling from uh, WWE was uh, uh, Jerry the King Lawler and um, and Jr. You know, I always thought that they were they were always to me the best examples of what a commentary what commentary is. So you know, I kind of um, uh, I, I don't know aspire to be like that. You know. And uh, I, I feel like the, the FGC could really benefit from having like a WWE kind of flair to it, especially, you know, the kind of stuff that goes on during like, um, I think it's, um, uh, man, um, is it a um, combo breaker, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that stuff. I think that is, when, it, when I saw that they were, do- I was like, wow, that is exactly like, that is it right there. This is it, man. So, I mean, if we could do that, like, as, oh, like, FGC-wide, like, the whole community, if we could do it just like that, I think it would be really cool to have, like, you know, people coming out to the ring to, like, you know, their theme songs and everything like that, coming down the ramp, you know, you go out and you high-five, you know, you uh, high-five the fans in the stands and stuff, of course, and, uh, you know, you go, go sit down and then you wait there for your for the next person to come out and you know it's like an, I mean, that would be pretty sick like that's that's exactly i think like all of them should be like that you know like we're running it like a, a wwe or like a rest of pro aew uh fgc event like all of them should be like that i would really love that you know i think it would make things a lot more exciting i think it would uh generate like a lot of a lot of hype for um for events, for certain matchups and stuff like that. Well, I mean that that would be amazing. I think, like, yeah, man, I would. I, I'm, 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 I'm getting a little bit tongue tied just thinking about it, man. Because I would, I would really like to get involved with something like that, like really get involved, man. Because that would really, that, oh man, that sounds man, so good to me. That's you're like a commentator for some wrestling stuff right now, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you, man, I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to look the part, man. You know, figure, you know, you look the part, you know, you uh, you do better, man. You know, you start, you know, uh, oh, coming to the stage right now, our boy from uh, all the way from Atlanta, we got Mr. Damon left. Yeah, I'll tell you, man. Mercy. It's like MCE season, man. We got a heck of a match today, folks. I'm telling you, it's going to be a killer. And then, of course, we got his opponent all the way. Our man behind the camera, Rex on Max. Let's get you know, it on. You know what my luck? I ran out and run, run slide under the stage like Titus O'Neil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude. I'll, dude, that's the kind of that's the kind of like stuff that I like to see, man. Like the kind of bombastic, gregarious, like out there kind of stuff that we we could we could really use in the FGC, man. Like that. Uh, I mean, like that. I mean, the FGC is that is that kind that kind of place, man. We we need that, and I, I would really I would really love it. I think that would be sick. So yeah, that's that's my take on it. Like let's let's let, let's uh. 
let's 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 do it. Let, let, let's do it. I, I I pose it to all of you out there. Let's do let's do it. I mean, they're already like I said, they're already doing it at like Combo Breaker. So let's let's expand that. Let's expand that. Yeah, that would definitely take the FGC to uh, another level, possibly if it was uh, done correctly. Um, if you look back at pro wrestling back before uh, the whole WWE WWF era, it was just a bunch of territorial um, wrestling promotions that everybody had their own area, everybody respected their own area and stuff like that. But it was really nothing that was, you know, blowing up and things uh, during that time. It was, I guess, you could say it was kind of niche. But when Vince McMahon came in and, you know, he started, you know, breaking rules, buying everybody, consuming territories and stuff like that, he really put the entertainment aspect on it. And that's what really, like, took it off, you know, cutting promos um, and all that other stuff. So, and that same concept can be applied to the FGC. You know, people like a show. You know, people like to have their fancies tickled. So, you know, um, entertainment, big, big, uh, big, well, well done production and things like that. Evan on the mic, you know, uh, let's get ready to rumble and all that other stuff. Like things like that. People like seeing and, you know, they'll get them into it, you know, um, and it'll get them in the door to want to come and look at your events and your attorneys and things like that. It would be dope if certain players had their own like, um, you know, kayfabe <laughs> and things like that. To where, like, you know, everybody was playing, like, a role or a character and things like that. You know, everybody was hyping up matches. You know, we doing pre- and post-fight interviews and things like that. And just getting people, like, really, really engaged into it, you know. Instead of just, like, you know, like, how does it feel that you're going to be playing so-and-so today? Well, you know, I've been uh, I've been in the lab pressing buttons. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I plan on pressing those same buttons when we fight today. So... <laughs> Um, you know, and it's just making sure that, you know, I can do it under pressure and, uh, and, uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely be more of a, a spectacle and stuff like that. Cause why you, when people from the outside in look at the FGC, I know for me, it was really, really hard to get into it because the way people were talking and they were saying things, I'm like, man, like, it, like, this is like, it seems like it's going to be hard to get into because it's like so many like terms and phrases that I don't know what y'all talking about, you know? But, you know, if people just made it to like more of a promotion, I mean, more of a spectacle, more of like a show, then people can kind of get more into it and not be so intimidating. Like, you know, all I know is dude say he he go wear you out when the match start. That's all I need to know. Like what you go do about it, bro? You know, I hope your DP strong, you know, so. That's a good point. I actually, now that you mentioned that. Yeah, it would be great to have more of a spectacle in the game, uh, you know, like for the FGC, for the actual matches. Because then if we have like a spectacle outside the matches, then you don't need comeback mechanics. <laughs> that man's salty. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I live in the salt mines. But, uh, shout out to Salt Mine League. But, uh, yeah, so it's, that's, I, I think. You know, that would be really, really dope for the FGC and could really uh, escalate us to the next level. You know, we can have Pokechop teaching classes on how to cut promos. You know, he'd he'd be the guy for it and stuff like that. So, um, but anybody have anything else they want to say about this? 
Did I mention like we should get rid of comeback mechanics? I think I did. All right, saying I'm 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 serious about that though, because if you don't if, if you're if everything around the game is flash uh, is flashy, right? If all of that's flashy, we have all these care all these people like you know people coming out doing all types of crazy stuff, you know like I'm back, better than ever, you know coming down <laughs> coming down the ramp and stuff like that, you know like I mean. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, then you don't need, like, all this extra stuff. Because then everybody, all the stuff that happens afterwards, you're just like, oh, oh, he lost. He gets up. He's like, oh, yeah. He runs to the turnbuckle, gets up. And then all the, all the lights are flashing because everybody's taking pictures all at the same time. Yo. Like, I'm, yo, man, I'm telling you, bro. I'm just, I'm just saying we wouldn't need all that extra stuff if, you know, we spruced up, the, you know, spruced up the presentation a little bit. I'm just saying. <laughs> I know, bro. Just didn't hit us with the Eric Bischoff, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I mean, it would be dope to have somebody, and then so many p- p- talents in the FGC could really get like you know known and recognition based off their talents and their personality and stuff like that. It'd be dope if somebody we had somebody that can come out and hit the Teddy. Hold on, now, now, player. You know, <laughs> and stop matches and force people in the tag team street uh fighting game matches and stuff oh, that like that. I'm trying to tell you, man, that'd be dope. Like, <laughs> like Punk out there talking trash to somebody. Like, I'm the alpha, and you guys aren't gonna whoop me and all this other stuff. And then next thing you know, the general manager of the tournament comes out. Hold on, now, now, player, you're talking too much smack. Not to do nothing now. Now we gonna let y'all do y'all match at Evo, but tonight you're in a tag team match with so and so and so and so and the Undertaker. You know, whoever the Undertaker. Is. <laughs> Whoever the Undertaker is uh, in the FGC, but bro, that would be dope. <laughs> you that can't tell me like when you were growing up watching wrestling, that you like you were so engrossed in that stuff. Like, oh, he got to fight Kane or the Undertaker. You know, it, it was dope. So that'd be fantastic for the FGC. You alive, hey, Devin? That'd be in a match. If somebody, hey, partner, run to the stage, you run to the ring, and slide in, hop on the stick. Hey, man, I got you, man. Tell me, man. Tell me, man. This yo, we need to get this going, man. That, I would probably, I wouldn't be able to pay attention to the matches. I'd probably be laughing the whole time and entertain. Like I'm just like, what is going on? I see yipes like descend from the from the roof. So like, oh, let's go! Talking about where your curly mustache at or something like, man, man, that'd be dope, man. That'd, that'd be, be super, super cool. cool. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So. And I think I think that way it make it more digestible because even the people didn't know what's going. They were like, I don't know what a fussies is. I don't know what a a punish is. But man, that dude he ran up on stage and slid through the ring and said, "Do we the bit or something?" I don't know. Oh, and do like the thing from Rick and Morty. Well, what up, dubs? I am entertained. I don't know what a super is, but I am entertained. That's what I'm gonna watch. Bro, I might have to upload all 20 minutes of this conversation on YouTube. Like, you can't can't cut this one off. But uh, but uh, we can go on to the next topic. So, um, as we're in the new year and 2020 has come to a close, it's one of the years that has impacted all of us, you know, very, very, in some type of way, in some type of fashion, you know, um, especially in the FGC scene, you know, uh, in-person tournaments have really shut down and we're trying to slowly like you know get back into you know having some type of scene in the fgc with having an online presence online tournaments and things of that nature 
So, you know, there's a lot of things that can be looked at in the FGC as like, oh, this is negative thing happened, this negative thing happened. But from you guys, what's something positive that you feel like can be taken from uh, 2020 that the FGC could take from here on out? Um, what's something like a positive note that we can end the year on to just look forward into the future and take that and, you know, do better in the future? So um, starting with you, Mr. Gamerler. I would have to say, I just, I think information, just, just the experience from this year and information. So going further, like when things do kind of return back to normal, maybe we'll kind of have some information on maybe what to do, how to handle things in like a situation like this where, you know, a pandemic has happened. Um, and that way <clears throat> we can move forward a little easier and know how to transition like you know i, th I think we transitioned pretty well because i mean had no choice to with online stuff but i think like if something like this would like if there's let's say things get back to regular you know normal things and anything like this happens again we'll be like probably a little more prepared and just have more knowledge and information for going further and how to um make things better when we get back in person um so i think that's that's something that we can just take pause just looking at this year and learning from like you know, well, how do we transition? How can we, you know, further learn to transition from something when we're so used to doing it one way, like we're just used to doing it in person, which makes sense. But sometimes you might have to get out of your comfort zone, comfort zone and do it another way. So I think that's a good thing just to learn how to look at things from a different perspective. And also, I think just in terms of fighting game development, I want to say, I think um, since everybody's at home, I think developers are looking more at, like it's been a bigger conversation this year of good online for fighting games so i think this year has been like a a bigger step to say hey for developers be like you know what maybe we should you know look more into making sure that our players online have a you know decent connections so if something happens with they're at home they can still play they can still have you know get games with no problems um so i think that's also the uh, uh, positive um just having developers be more uh aware and look at what's going on with their net codes and things of that nature and the structure of their gaming online to make it a better experience for us as players. So, um, cause like we right now, that's all we got for the most part, unless you like close proximity to somebody that's like your personal friend and you go play with them. But other than that, you know, you're online. So yeah, I think the information of knowing how to move forward in like this situation where you have to like adapt really quickly and, you know, having developers look at, um, um, online netcode is i think two things that we can take as positive from this year um one of the positive things that i think like have come from uh this year i think like uh is that uh being like being home uh, being home and like having to really like uh be get a little creative <coughs> with um the kind of stuff that you can do i mean for instance i mean i mean this like input output like is a good example of that like you know like we're we don't really get to go out and do it like we're we're here, but we didn't like, you know, it was just like, well, we just sat on our hands and did nothing. Like it's like, you know, we actually came up with something like we came up with this show. You know, we're doing we're here, we're doing it. And I mean, we we love doing it. We love we love that other people love the show. So I mean, this is a really big deal, you know, that kind of came out from, you know, I mean, from you know, being stuck inside because of the pandemic. Uh from this last like the like the last whole year. Um uh, like like Devin said, you know, the people, 
like the developers have to focus a little bit more on netcode, which has always been something that they kind of neglected. I think, like for the most part, has always been uh, neglected, and it didn't really matter to you know really didn't matter in the uh, the grand scheme of things because a lot of people you know most times people are just going to try to play locally and stuff like that with their friends. You know, it's like oh well, you know, you can't play online and eh, well whatever. You know, there were a lot of people before now that didn't play online at all like i would ask people hey like what's your what's your gamer tag what's your psn id and they'll be like oh well you know i don't really play online it's like oh okay well you know i mean and why would you i mean if you can go to a local or you can go to like your major why would you why would you play online all of the people that you want to play with like you know you can just go and play locally and like you guys are helping each other get better but then you're at a point where nobody gets to see anybody in person uh for months at a time uh and then you have to be like oh man i guess i gotta start playing online um so now people are playing online i mean i would say that a lot of there are some people that i've met i that i've met like there's like you know community growing is a lot more it's a lot different online i think because there's like you know you're meeting people in person but then online, you know, you have like discords and there's all these different people. So it's not just restricted to the people that are in your area, you know, like, you know, for like in like collisions, you got people from like Austin and Houston and, you know, um, people from like the tri-state area, you know, East Coast and stuff coming into the collisions discord because, you know, like it's it, like this is this is what we got now. This is online. You know, you can't like the be the better the netcode gets, the more likely it is that uh, people from all over the country can jump into your can jump into your discord and of course now you're making these connections with people who you're probably who you may or may not meet in person at uh, some point in the future but you know you have that connection i met some people um on soul caliber that i probably never would have met you know if um if uh, we weren't like you know if this past year hadn't happened and uh some of these people like gorash um and lightning chicken and like my boy sid highway like all these people that i've met through like you know just on like being online and just playing people online just just randomly and now my game has progressed so much i'm not saying i'm the best but i've gotten a lot i'm a lot better than i would have been without their help so um i i feel like you know as a player you know i've i've been able to narrow my focus and uh really get into the stuff that i might really think about okay what is it exactly that i want to do like not only as a player but as a content creator like what exactly is it that i want to do what do i want to be involved with what do i want to be a part of so there's been a lot of time to sit down and think and really like a lot of self-reflection so i i'm i, I mean i'm thankful but i don't really like I, I would say i don't like the necessarily the way that it occurred but i do appreciate the silver linings um that have, that have come from like being in this kind of position. So I would say, yeah, like the, the better net code, the community building, um, and just like, I mean, just generally, like, and of course, you know, this like TVFGC, the input output. So I think like all, these are the things that I really am thankful for that have come out of like the past year. In life, like you always have to know that things are gonna change. Um, I can't think of too many things in my life right now that is the same exact way that it was years ago. Like things are constantly changing, time changes, the seasons change, the day changes, like everything is constantly in change. Everything is constantly evolving and moving uh, in directions, you know, nothing static. So, you know, um, you have to know how to transition, you know, in life, you know, it's, it's like, it could either be choice change or force change. You know, choice change is just like, 
you know what? I'm going to decide that I'm going to start doing this differently. Force change is just like you went into work one day and your boss just said, get out. You know, it's like, okay, that's, that's force change. But like, you know, we need to know how to, re, uh, how to react. We need to know how to transition. We need to know how to move. And, you know, this, this, this whole pandemic has showed us like even things on such a scale as our society changing, you know, can happen. So you need to be at a position where you can always like transition. Think, think, uh, you know, be light on your feet. Think quickly, you know, how can I transition? You know, like Team Spooky and them, they did a really great job, you know, uh, when all this news of the pandemic and stuff hit. It seems like they were just, I mean, it was just right on the ball. Like they were just like, oh, well, online tournaments now. We're going to do this and this and this is how you join and blah. You know, they, they transitioned very fast. And we had to uh, do that here at uh, TVFGC, as um, Evan pointed out before, you know, doing this. We were, you know, uh, shooting tournament video uh, videos and photography and things like that. That's what we were doing, you know. Um, and then when the pandemic hit was, you know, we couldn't do that anymore. It was just like, OK, where where is the brand go now? What are we going to do now? And, you know, first thought is just like, well, you know, um, we like doing stuff in person, so I guess we'll wait it out. But it's like you don't have any control of that, but you have control of what's it, what choices you can make right now. So you know, uh, you know, the brand decided to shift into uh, transition into like, okay, let's make online shows and do this and do that, and it, it helps you diversify. So that way, when tournaments and stuff do come back, you have both. You know, and it's not just you're so um, laser focused on one so much to the point where if that gets cut off, it's like, well, I'm stuck until I can, you know, until I can see the light of day again or until something changes or stuff goes back to normal. So, you know, that's that's and, you know, um, in the FGC also, it helps us, you know, um, look at things that were already a problem that needed to be fixed, like everyone said, netcode. That was something that, you know, needed to be fixed. And you were like, kind of like, oh, we could let it go because, you know, I just play in person anyway. Then it's like, well, in person's gone. It's like, well, dang, y'all net code shouldn't have been bad in the first place. You know? <laughs> you know, so it's like now you're able to like, you know, see things that are problems and issues and, you know, fix it. You know, um, you know, I guess you can even go like deeper in the, the, you know, deeper in the things of life. You know, some people realize they have to stay at home and, you know, losing their minds. Like I can't be in the house. Like I, I don't, I don't pay rent to be at home. Like, <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a, it's a lot of things you can um, take from this and learn from this. And especially in the FGC, cause we were so focused on in-person tournaments that, you know, it seems like our whole foundation almost fell out from up under us. You know, and it was just like, what is the scene going to do? Um, so many, you know, communities and stuff like that or, you know, areas, different sectors of the FC, FGC have just like stopped in some areas. Like nobody's doing nothing. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of things you can learn from this, take from it, you know, just know how to transition, you know, be quick thinking, light on your feet, you know, know there's always the next thing, you know, Um just because something happens doesn't mean you just stop until it changes again. Like, so that that's what I have to say. So uh, anybody else have anything? I think that is it for the, uh, for the input output show. Uh, we thank you guys for joining us once again, you know, um, hopefully you have fun listening to us, give our, you know, opinions on things, all the silliness and things of that nature, you know, bring WWE cross FGC. We need to see it in the future. 
<laughs> um, so give you, uh, give you guys, give y'all closing remarks. So starting with you, Devin, what's the last thing you got to say to the people? I just want to say <clears throat> happy new year to the FGC, to everybody out there, man. This, uh, I know stuff's still going on, but let's just have a, a positive mindset about stuff moving forward. You know, a lot of things you can't control. Only thing you can't control is yourself and how you, you know, move and feel about things. So let's just try to have a good year for the FGC. Let's try to bring some growth and positivity to the FGC. Appreciate everybody that's been watching and supporting, listening to the podcast, whatever you, whatever your choice is. I really appreciate it. Um, definitely doesn't go overlook stuff like that is really important. We got to kind of be as a unit, stick together. So we appreciate that. Um, and I appreciate y'all. So that's all I got to say, man. Yeah, um, I'd like to say also, yeah, man, like, thank y'all very much for supporting the show. Happy New Year to everybody, all of our viewers out there, um, and all of our um, people who have been supporting us uh, thus far. You guys are great. It's um, it's a really interesting, um, you know, being in this kind of, like, situation because uh, I'd never done anything like this before. You know, I mean, like, you know, doing, like, streams and stuff like that, but, you know, you when you get to a point where you're like, you know, you're getting more involved with like production behind the scenes and stuff, you realize that there's, um, I think one of the things that I'm all thankful for is like getting involved with like, you know, Octavian and Devin and stuff. Cause you know, it's, you get involved and you realize I can do better, you know, like on my, on the stuff that isn't like involved with like TV, FGC, like my own streams and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, as good as we're doing here, I like, I could definitely raise the bar. Like it's like, it's raised the bar for me. Um, I think, uh, like to, uh, so yeah, I like to thank both of you guys for like, you know, helping me like realize like things could be a whole lot better uh, on the, what's called on the, uh, on my, uh, on my side of things. Um, uh, but yeah, man, like, l- like, let's all stay safe. Everybody make sure that you, um, you know, you know, like, uh, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, you know? And, um, yeah, like let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do better and be better in, uh, 2021, like last year's behind us. So, uh, we'll see what, uh, 2021 has for us, you know? We're going to have to turn the, uh, into the show uh, like a sentimental moment. He always turned it into a sentimental moment. So we're going to have to <laughs> just make that into a section of the show. But we really, um, I mean, everything he says is true. I mean, we really, I mean, you know, when it, when it came to like starting input, output and all that, you know, we, you know, it, it was just an idea at first. And, you know, it was it was a long process, you know, of, of getting everything, you know, done behind the scenes. You know, me and Evan working, like, you know, it seemed like every time we meet, like, okay, how do I do this? How do we do that? How does this happen? How does that happen? Like, okay, how do you put it on this? And how you do it like that? Who do we get to create this? It, it was just a, a lot of, you know, work. And the, the great thing about it is we just started. You know, we didn't let that, you know, all this seems like so much stop us. We just started it. And when you start it, you can kind of see where you need to change and you just do that slowly, you know. Um, so and I mean, it's it's amazing to see, you know, where it is now. The guests that we have on the show, you know, people always tell us the production is very, very great um, and things like that. You know, we've got kudos from people in the scene that, you know, you probably wouldn't have been speaking to otherwise unless you were doing something in the, uh, great in the scene. So. You know, it's 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 great to see where it's going, and it's great to be a part of TVFGC. You know, this movement that is that you know is trying to create. You know, so I mean, it's it's just dope. And I mean, you know, thanks to Devin, you know, we reached out to him to be a co-host on the show, and luckily he didn't punch us and tell us that we were trash. 
So, <laughs> I don't know why I would do that, but you know. So you know, we're, we're glad that he he wanted to be a part. You know, he's he, we really really appreciate him on the show. I've known Devin for a while, and you know, always looked up to him and his vast knowledge of gaming and ability to destroy people. So you know. <laughs> So it's just great to be doing this, man, and we're just going to see where it goes. So we uh, just thank everybody once again. Like Devin said, wherever you're listening, whether it's, you know, uh, the videos, the podcast, however you're consuming. And we have a lot more uh, plans that are coming up to, you know, really, really give great content to the people. So we thank you guys once again. I know I keep thanking you so much, but we can't thank you enough. And we'll see you next time on the next Input Output. Love, Love, peace, and hair grease, everybody. Peace out, people.